wonderful podcast listeners. We have an exciting announcement today. Elizabeth Raby and I got engaged yesterday, and she is here with me right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she's so loud. Woo! Hey, everybody. It happened. Many of you have been on the edge of your seats. Oh my gosh. Waiting for this day. Uh, But we had a really special day yesterday. But of course, the podcast schedule. The podcast goes on. And so we are here. The show must go on. Taping. We have an awesome episode for you today. Uh, We (laughs) sat down with Rolanda Sue. Uh, one of yeah, my coworkers, bro. and um, she has a really cool story um, being from uh, Guyana and then coming to America when she was uh, starting middle school. And we talked about some of her experience uh, growing up in a different culture as the one that she moved to uh, and really got into a pretty cool discussion that touched on uh, identity, touched on identity in Christ, identity in our cultures, identity mm-hmm. in our race and background. Yeah, and um, food, everybody. We and talk at the about end, food and we, Christmas. Christmas so. traditions. It's pretty um, great. So it's a really great podcast. I hope you listen to the whole thing all the way through. And um, in the meantime, Elizabeth and I <laughs> We're are planning doing a engaged, wedding. Engaged things. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's really special. Thanks for being with us. Uh, only like twenty four hours after it happened. So maybe <laughs> a little more the than first that. <laughs> to hear our voices. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. We want to share that with you. Um, but we're gonna jump into our podcast with Roe right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, live and in person, we are here with the one and only Rolanda Sue. Hey. Rolanda, how are you doing today? Hey, Will. I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking. How are you? We are we are great. So uh, Elizabeth is in the room with us as well. My fiance. Super fine fiance at that. <laughs> and if y'all haven't seen The Rock yet, just look us on Instagram. <laughs> well, we had it. We've had a really special weekend, but thanks for celebrating with us and yeah. uh, coming over to do this on Sunday night. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. So we work together uh, at an organization here in Charlotte that works with students, high school and elementary, middle school students, and uh, we've worked together for about a year now. Uh, we're both street leader directors to uh, almost yeah, a year and a half. Uh, at uh, at an organization here in Charlotte and work, working with the high school students and you work at uh, the west side I work at the east side um, and we just have really gotten to know each other well and uh, thought you'd really be a great person to have on and share um, some of your really cool story yeah thanks. yeah uh, well I'd love yeah I'd love for you to just kind of tell tell the listeners like uh, some of your background uh, where you're from uh, kind of some of the story about uh, where you are now and just any anything you want to share along the way cool cool well thanks again for having me over uh definitely an honor and pleasure to be here to talk seems like my accent's coming out yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well i'm originally from a small country called guyana if you guys haven't heard of it it is literally right above brazil in south america mm-hmm. most people will think it's in africa and they're like oh is that in africa i'm like no it is not in africa <laughs> in South America (laughs) geography people Um, but most people that I do tell some of them know it due to Joan's tongue so uh, a sad part I guess in our history is Mm -hmm. when a a cult leader just brought a ton of people over to Guyana and uh, manipulated them into like you know like really like drinking that poison Mm -hmm. and like hurting themselves so 
sad part as to why we are known. But on the other side of that, it is considered one of the Caribbean countries in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's very easygoing, very easy breezy, yeah. you know, very relaxed. If you went to any Caribbean place, it's just like real free, real fun, real family oriented. And um, really just enjoyed my childhood growing up. Um, come from a home, single parent home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad left to come to the America actually the year I was born. So mm-hmm. he moved to the United States back in 1990. Okay. And he okay. came here to kind of start really just like acquire things to help like my family and my mm-hmm. mom yeah. to come to the States. Um, didn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. Like it was planned. So for most of my life, I grew up in a single parent home and mm. um, my mom is one of seven. Wow. So her parents, there's a process you go through just to get to the United States. Mm-hmm. So my grandparents moved to the U.S. And what they did was what we call put in. <laughs> they put <laughs> in for all seven of the kids to wow. Wow. to move here one by one. And okay. my mom was the last of the seven wow. to move to America. So... Each year we would put in and for probably about two or three times we were denied access to the country. Mm. So it was really, it was hard, but also just like I was a kid. So it was mm. like, eh, you know, I'm staying here yeah, another year. Yeah. Um, but for my mom, you know, most of her family was here and uh-huh. most of her support was here. And I think growing up, we always just see like America is that place that everybody want to get to. Right. You know, right. and just like look towards is like the American dream. So the year finally came where we got true to come to America, and it was wow. probably like the happiest wow. <laughs> moment. How old were you? I was 11. 11. So this okay. was 2001, actually, right wow. after 9/11 had happened. Okay. Um, and it was it was a really almost scary place because we were like, oh no, they're probably not gonna let any immigrants right. into America. Yeah. Because yeah. that was just like a scary time for you guys. Well, I guess for us guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole country, the whole country and, right? Yeah, and really the world just the too. world. Um, so, but I mean, I grew up in a very loving home. Hmm. My mom was real loving and my family is real loving. And I think that comes from a lot of just like culture, mm-hmm. um, in, in the Caribbean is just like you and your family. Yeah. You know, I look here and I, I see kids that are like rushing to move out the house and I'm like, why are you trying to leave right. at 18? Like you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you have like real bills at 18. De- definitely different. <laughs> you know, definitely um, different. whereas like in Guyana, you don't really leave until you get married. Mm. And even when you get married, it's kind of like your parents have land. So they just build a house mm. kind of on there. And you never go far away. Never really. Where you were right. Born. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a little backstory. And you came me. straight to Charlotte when you moved? Or? So we moved to New Jersey. Okay. Um, and we lived in New Jersey. <laughs> for about a year and a half <laughs> lived in new jersey for about a year and a half um will you ever seen cool run-ins i don't think i have what, what you gotta watch that movie right. so <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta put on the netflix queue <laughs> yes well in cool run-ins it's like a jamaica they're coming from jamaica and they're trying to have like a bobsled team mm-hmm. um and they come so we move here and my uncle had brought like all these coats for us and mm. it, uh guyana is below the equator so it's hot year round right. yeah, yeah. never seen snow and you went to new jersey yes never (laughs) felt cold none of that so we moved to new jersey and my uncle had brought all these coats and we're like we don't need no coats (laughs) you know it's like 85 degrees every single day Uh so we stepped foot outside of the airport and literally ran back inside like what is going on (laughs) literally (laughs) ran back inside i was like let me get a coat let me get a coat because it was just so cool wow um so we lived in new jersey for about a year and a half and then I had an aunt that was living in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. 
and she was just like charlotte's a really great place to raise a family um it's a growing city it's safe compared mm-hmm. to Irvington, new jersey mm-hmm. which wasn't still probably isn't too safe mm-hmm. and one by one my aunts and my mom came to like visit and they were like yes this is nice this is safe and we all just kind of moved wow one by one that's to Charlotte. Awesome. and so you were in middle school when you got to charlotte yes i came here in my eighth grade year okay yes and what what was it like coming to school in charlotte Charlotte was Charlotte was different, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. So, um, and I think we were talking about this just earlier. I think Charlotte is where, like, I was my first interaction with race, right? And what that looked like. Yeah. Um, growing up in Guyana, like our motto was like one people, one nation, one destiny. Mm-hmm. So, I never saw color. We were never taught color. Right. It was always just like you're Guyanese, no matter what. Yeah. Very, di- um, very different from from America today. Very different. So when I moved to Charlotte, I felt like an outcast almost. Mm. Yeah. I was like one black kid in a lot of things. I played sports. Yeah. I was like the one black person on the team. Right. And right. it, my first year, I think it was a little challenging also because when I moved here, mm. I moved like in the middle of the semester. Right. And right. I was never given a chance to like make up work or anything like that. So uh-huh. my first semester here, I got like a 1.7. Dang. And I was just like crying yeah. tears. Like, why I, am oh, I here? Yes. Like, how am I going to fit in? All that it, it was just a struggle. But then I got quickly acclimated. Uh-huh. Um, I think one thing I'm good at is just like adjusting and yeah. being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like learned a lot about who I was and learned yeah. a lot about like the culture of Charlotte. And I mean, Charlotte's second home to yeah. me now. It's like, oh, I go visit anywhere. I'm like, I got to get back to Charlotte. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, well, funny enough, we were we were we figured this out when we both started working together. But we actually went to the same middle school, <laughs> right. and the same high school for a season. We yeah. didn't overlap any t- at any years. But um, I mean, just like you said, like the area of Charlotte uh, where we lived was a predominantly white part of Charlotte. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, a person of color coming in, especially someone from another country where race and class and, you know, who's in, in what group wasn't really talked about is now yep. like right in your face, you know, and you've got to figure out where do I fit into this, you yeah. know? And and you, I remember you sharing, uh, would you share a little bit about like your accent and like how you <laughs> thought about your accent when you moved yeah. here? So my accent, you guys are probably hearing it now. <laughs> but... She said it comes out when she's doing like public speaking or it's like, really weird. yeah, stuff like that. But uh, on a day-to-day basis, it probably sounds like this. So mm. I am here with Will and Elizabeth, <laughs> and we are working on this podcast. Right. Um, right. But when I moved here, uh, it was different, mm. you know, just like anything. Uh, when you're not used to something, it's different, and it's a change. Mm. So many people that I knew just wasn't used to hearing an accent that mm. sounded like mine. Mm-hmm. So for really much all of middle school i was bullied for Mm. like the way i talk or i was laughed at or people would just be like oh say that again and then like Mm. try to mimic what i said and Uh, like make fun of what i said so even i guess like in that part that part of me kind of like shut down and then i innately tried to like mask my accent and just like pick up on like the accents of like charlotte and just like um, kids that w- I was around because like I didn't want to be made fun of mm. you know nobody wants to be made right, fun of right um, but it's weird because it's at it's core to the culture mm. you know right um, like I listen to my mom and like friends will come around they're like your mom has a strong accent I'm like I got an accent too you know right you don't want to hear it though um, but yeah I was 
bullied and mm. it just made me I became just like a student. I didn't talk much. Mm. I would go to class, get my work done, get my grades and keep it moving. And that wow. was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have a really cool perspective because you had had a lot of your formative childhood mm-hmm. being in one culture, yeah. thinking the world is one way, everyone thinks this way, and now you're in a whole different culture. Yeah. And you're you had even another formative season of your adolescent years trying to make sense of this new country, this <laughs> unfamiliar place. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, while also trying to validate where you're from and what yeah. your family, uh, where your family's from. And so um, we're going to talk more about this as the podcast goes on, but I'd, I'd love to hear more about like how, how that perspective has, has changed, adapted, like depending on uh, which culture you're in and kind of what spaces you're in <laughs> and who you're talking to. Yeah. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty unique and it's something a lot of, a lot of immigrant families share. Yeah. You know, it's this, it's this really interesting dynamic of where you're from and where you are yeah. that people that are native to America, like don't really see and don't get mm-hmm. a lot of encounters with. So I'm excited to talk more. Yeah. Um, we're going to actually take a quick break. Cool. Uh, we'll come back in just a minute, but Ro, I'm excited to keep talking. Yeah. Thanks. Will. All right. All right, we're going to do something a little bit different for the commercial time today. Um, and Ro's going to tell us a little bit of a story. Go ahead, Ro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for my birthday, we all went out to lunch as a staff and, you know, wanted to let Will taste some of my cultural That's foods. right. That's right. So we went to a really dope Jamaican spot in North Tryon and Will was brave <laughs> enough to try some jerk chicken for I the did. first time. And I didn't think it would be too spicy. <laughs> But funny enough, it was like the spiciest thing I've ever had. <laughs> he was literally like sweating out his shirt, okay? Ro, Nose dripping. Bro was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just need some water. Like, Can I have some water, please? But no. it was dope. He yeah. braved some new space and got to try some really amazing food. That's so. right. And, uh, and Deontay, one of our other co-workers, had the same experience. Pretty much anyone that had that jerk chicken was having was a little sweating. bit of a fire engine hot, hot, <laughs> experience. But um, all right, well, we are done with the break and we are going to head back to the podcast. All right, we are back live on Sunday night with none other than Rolanda Sue. Rolanda, it was so great to catch up with you during the break. You're, we're doing, this is really great. It is. I'm really excited to jump back in. Having a great time. Um, well, before the break, we were talking about you um, being from another country, moving to America, coming to Charlotte. Um, learning about a new culture and and really in a time when your identity and who you understood yourself to be was being shaped uh, in your, a really formative part of your life. And at Door Over the Break, you were talking about like three elements of your identity that have, mm-hmm. have come to define you now. So I'd love if you would jump into that and tell the listeners yeah. like about those three parts and, and some of your story that maybe you haven't shared yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I was sharing earlier, um, I think I got the best of three different worlds, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, I grew up, of course, with a Caribbean background, Caribbean culture, um, really just honing in on what that kind of looks like and just being one in a place that um, small, mm. uh, you know, some would call it third world country. I like to say developing because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're growing each and every day. But, you know, just like very laborious. I feel like the Caribbean are like laborious places and mm. just places where you're like always serving. Um, so definitely got that background and that core of just being a hard worker, being independent, seeing my single parent and then moving to Charlotte. Um, like I said previously, was just like where I where race became like mm. a thing. And I was like, this is new. Yeah. This is new. Um, 
And Charlotte went to the predominantly white schools here. Right. So South right. Charlotte for middle school for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Providence mm-hmm. uh, for two years and then finally graduated from South Mech. Yep. Um, interesting enough, just like thinking about the dynamics between Providence and South right. Mech. Very different. Very different. Very <laughs> different. Um, uh, and definitely, I think, struggled with like finding out who I was in a place um, that was so rich, mm. you know, I yeah. feel like Providence culture is really rich. Yeah. Even South Mex culture is really rich. Right. And I had a single parent that just didn't make right that much money. Right. You know, yeah. um, couldn't afford the fancier things. Couldn't, uh, necessarily be at the fancier mm. places or like wear the fanciest clothes. Well, but, there's probably a bit of social pressure when you're around yes. friends who are talking about things that are, you know, just different, you know, yes. and, and, and yeah, I bet and that would be tough. It, it was tough um, and definitely got to see how the other side of the world lived, though, because yeah. I had friends that were their parents were just real, well off. Mm-hmm. So um, we would go over to their houses. I'm just like, yo, this house is huge. Yeah. <laughs> this house is huge. And, yeah. you know, thinking like going home to like our two bedroom apartment. But mm-hmm. um, although there was a lot of money and it was so rich, like I enjoyed being in spaces with my family, mm-hmm. you know, because that's always been just like the core of who I was, but I got to learn a different population in high school. You know, I got to learn and build friendships and build. Yes. Lifelong friendships. Cause there's still a ton of people that I'm friends with, with high school that's just been like instrumental in my walk. Yeah. And, um, even teachers, uh, Mm. really amazing teacher I had. His name was Michael Shushuk. He Mm. was my, uh, RCC teacher. Okay. And, older white guy yeah. always just like really amazing though and like really pushed me to mm. be a really great student wow. and i think i really appreciated just like learning about white culture yeah and yeah. like what that looked like and love taylor swift right <laughs> looking back on it it was like our a song. very <laughs> a very large part of white culture <laughs> yes um but that was crazy enough that's what was known in charlotte right, you know right. you listen to taylor you listen to the fray mm-hmm. fallout boy nickelback like oh, those yeah. were my bands look like, at this photograph <laughs> Sorry, exactly. that was a little loud. Sorry. And we would jam out, and right. like it was amazing, yeah, you know. Yeah. But still, of course, had like my reggae and my soca, mm-hmm. my calypso that was playing. So you had an appreciation for both, for which both, is, which is pretty cool. Yes, um, I, I was blessed to experience and like just learn. I think so much of that is like learning, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, crazy enough, went to all the schools I wanted to visit. Which were all like big PWIs, you know. I'd mm-hmm. gone to Providence, gone to South Mech. Yeah. I was a really good student. It just seemed like the natural way for me to go. And for those that don't know what PWI is, would you mind sharing? Oh yeah, PWI is a predominantly white institute. <laughs> Sounds yeah, so weird saying so it. So basically, just like a school, university, organization that's made up of mostly white people. Most, yep. Yeah, just yeah. That's what a PWI is. Um, but it was natural because all my friends were going to PWIs. My mm-hmm. best friend was going to PWI. It was the culture at South Mech, you yeah, know, that yeah. we went to PWIs. Mm-hmm. So it was looking, uh, gone to state, gone to UNC Charlotte. And my best friend ended up going to state. And she's like, just come to state with me. Mm-hmm. Um, we took several visits. I visited everywhere. And mm-hmm. I was like, nothing, nothing feels yeah, like I should yeah. be there. Um, all while along, I was in high school and I was in a program called Upper Browns. Uh-huh. Um, and it was for... Uh, kids like me that's mm-hmm. kind of underrepresented so mm-hmm. kind of the same work we're doing right yeah. um 
where I got a chance to be tutored by teachers um, and they just gave uh, kids in like our community that won't necessarily have chances to go mm-hmm. on like trips or go to the appreciate arts yeah, um, yeah doing college tours like they did all those things with us and it was on the campus of jcsu and we would spend the summers there yeah um like on campus we lived there from monday to thursday uh-huh. i would go home for the weekend um and i was like i'm not going to jcsu yeah like, <laughs> well jo- yeah johnson c smith is is right mm-hmm. in charlotte it's like probably 20 minutes from yes. where you were living mm-hmm. like pretty it, pretty you want to go far you know <laughs> yes right and i just thought crazy enough that i was just better you know you feel like you're better than the place <laughs> that, that, that's literally what i thought i'm like oh no i spent i worked way too hard mm-hmm. to go to jcsu which is right down the street mm-hmm. but um i visited all the places i want to go and nothing felt like jcsu mm-hmm. it felt like home and um that's where that third piece come in because jcsu yeah. uh is a historically black college and university mm-hmm. also known as a hbcu yep and prior to going there i would hear hbcu but didn't really know what that meant hmm. um so i got the third view <laughs> of right. just like who i am right and at a hbcu if you have never experienced it um is just like a cultural loving place yeah um because you see people that look like you right that are trying to succeed that are succeeding mm-hmm. um, people in the business office that's doing the job the president of the university yeah. you know is african-american and you just see all these african-american that are succeeding that are doing great and you're like yeah. wow this is this is where it's at well and for students that came from predominantly white high schools they may not have seen a lot no. of people of color in leadership or even at as all. teachers right right so at jcsu it was probably really empowering it was a different dynamic mm. and you definitely learned about black history you mm. learned about from a different perspective because yeah. i think in high school you have black history classes but it's almost like it's tailored mm. and there's like boundaries around what you can teach right. whereas like on a college level black history was black history right you know being taught by a black teacher right <laughs> or like day a in, black... day out. this is where it started <laughs> this is it yeah you know no sugarcoating um even like the tough hard conversations were had and i think a lot of my blackness i don't know if that's a thing but yeah. Yeah. but just like learning um just like who I was then as a black person, hmm. um, which I think led me to where we work. And I think I was challenged because being an immigrant and um, being black also hmm. was just like a weird dynamic right. for me. That is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, and I never, it took me a while to kind of associate myself as being black. Right. If that makes sense. Because I'm like, oh, I'm an immigrant. You know, I'm Guyanese. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. always refer to myself as Guyanese, not really like a color and that's your chief identity yes being guy in each yes. right not associating it with a color. with a color so it was a challenge um being just like stretched right in in that way and just like learning about people that were black that were just like growing up in like similar situations and mm-hmm. growing up in just like different areas of the world i think that's the beautiful thing about college is that everybody's coming from so many different places yeah so you learn about cities and you learn about culture Mm -hmm. um and it was just like a great experience so i got like my cultural background i have my background where i'm like at a pwi you know Mm -hmm. high school or middle school and then i transition into an hbcu right where i learn about like 
a culture of a black person right you know and just like see black people succeeding see um black people just being great yeah you know you, you see the hashtag like black girl magic right just, right you know you just like see it and it be- almost becomes like this norm of like this is what everyday america looks like you know was there ever a time when you when you felt like because you were guyanese you couldn't fully connect with black culture as people that were like black born in america or like was it like do you feel like you you've been able to create that over time like what do you think about that i think it came actually probably lately in our work you know Uh we do a lot of great professional development at our work right and we do these things you know the justice hours yeah yeah and i think it was one of, it was at one of the justice hours we had talked about i think you let it so actually we, yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> well that, that'd be great well yeah we lead these so we do sessions with our students and and talk to them about injustice in charlotte injustice in the world and create a framework um, that helps them understand it but also gives them a biblical view of like this is how jesus is trying to restore the world yeah. even if it's broken right now yeah. so during one of those times it sounds like you that's like, where i think oh. like jesus spoke and it said like it clicked huh. i think it clicked then yeah. in the past it was like yeah my skin tone is of black descent uh-huh. right but culturally i'm Guyanese, you know yeah. so i don't think i ever had fully committed or just like mm-hmm. identified with like the black struggle right um because i didn't grow up in america mm-hmm. so a lot of the challenges that they had faced as black young adults or just like black people i never in my formative younger years didn't have those same challenges right so it was always a struggle just to be like okay well yeah you're upset i get why you're upset like right. i can empathize with you because mm-hmm. you're upset that you know a little black boy's been killed mm-hmm. but it was just like I struggle sometimes to kind of identify myself in that space yeah. until, yeah, you led that session so well, Will. Wow. I, I, <laughs> and, thank you. Um, the Holy Spirit just spoke. And I think like in that moment, he was just saying like, you are a part of this community. Mm. And if you are truly going to be able to lead this community, especially mm. working at the site in West Charlotte, right. you have to place yourself like mm. in these situations with right. them. And I think that led me to a place of being just like open and vulnerable about me as a black woman in America Mm. Um, and like what that looks like instead of like looking from an outside view of like, oh, yeah, I'm black, but I'm an immigrant in America. So I identify with being immigrant, but not always identify with being black. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it challenged me. And -hmm. I think it got me to the space where it's like, yeah, I'm black in America. Right. And it's real. Right. (laughs) You know, Um, Oh, wait, I had a really scary, uh, if you don't mind me sharing, yeah, actually, please share. yeah, yeah. I was, um, and I think since that, since that moment, I think has led me into really just like diving into what that looks like. I was pulled over the other day by a cop. Cops, I don't know why. Scared I don't think me. I've heard this story. I don't think you have. Yeah. <laughs> what ha- I what was happened? so, I was an emotional wreck, um. uh, to be honest, because not so much it, in that moment, I realized like. Who do we call if we're like you know looking for security yeah. and for safety because i think all the videos that were had went viral about mm-hmm. you know like blacks being killed or anything in the news you know like all flashed at once and i right. was just like i didn't know yeah. what would happen you don't know if, if and again like there's there's one way to see this if you come from a uh, you know, the dominant culture yeah. where police officers look like you, share your understanding of the world, share your perspective. But there's another way to see this interaction where um, there, like traditionally there are a lot more now, but there were mm-hmm. not a lot of people of color that were police officers right. for a while. 
And at times, like while they did have a position of, right. of power, uh, it was assumed that they were using that power for good. But right. there are examples, and we've seen them in the news, where Too sometimes many. that power gets abused, right? So, yeah, tell me what, what you were feeling and, and how you approached that. And yeah, <laughs> Well, I was an emotional wreck. Yeah. Crazy enough, like, I had never been pulled over by the cops before. So this was my first time. Mm. Um, and as soon as I saw the blue lights, yeah. like, my heart just, like, sunk. Yeah. Because then, yeah. like, all of, like, social media and images right. kind of, like, flashed before me. Yeah. The um, Facebook Live videos. Everything. Yeah. Just, like, everything. Like, was what's like, going to happen? Yeah. What's going to ha- Yeah. So I'm pulled over, and I'm just, like, shaking in my car, you know? Yeah. And um, I was having the conversation about it, and the cop was, like, extremely nice, you okay. know? Yeah. Like, kind. Hmm. Uh, I would describe him as caring. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he That's acknowledged good. my tears. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, and kind of like validated my emotions. Hmm. But it wasn't what I was expecting. Well, I really right. didn't know what to expect. Right. Because I was in a space where I was just fearful. Well, and that's an interesting thing. It's like when, when and I can't speak for everyone, but traditionally when a white person gets pulled over by the cops, they assume, okay, well, I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt. And some some people even think, like, is the cop wrong, right? Yeah. Like, there's a scenario where you could talk with a cop and convince him that you were not breaking the law. But you're never once... <laughs> they're both laughing. There's, they're never, there's never a time when you're afraid of your safety, right? Right. But, right. but if a person of color gets pulled over, it's not just it's, the fear of, did I do no. something wrong? Am I gonna or am I going to get in trouble? It's like, am I going to get hurt? Yes. Right? And that's a very different thing, yeah. which puts the police officer in a really tense mood because he knows what this right. interaction is like and it puts you in a, in a mm-hmm. tense position because you're you don't know if this is going to be a cop that's like the ones on facebook right. live or or the, like the, the really tragic examples of power mm-hmm. and like fear going wrong yeah yeah so i think um my clash of identities and just oh. like identifying as a black woman in america wow. started with wow the justice hour and mm. really just like not culminated, but kind of really pushed me into that space of, yeah, you black in America, honey. Right. You know? And, yeah. <laughs> Guyanese or not, Guyanese you're feeling not. that identity. You know, um, so it was it was definitely uh, an interesting um, experience. I actually mm. wrote a whole poem about it. Yeah. You know, I write. To, we need uh, to share that. <laughs> to kind of share and then just like really shared with, you know, our kids. Right. Like, this is what we are facing right. every day. And a lot of our students have expressed a similar story. Mm-hmm. And one of the goals of this podcast is um, to share stories of people that are different from from what the dominant culture yeah. might have experienced, right? Because sure. you, you see a story and you see a perspective from your own background, your mm-hmm. own lived experience. And if you've never walked a step in someone else's lived experience, like, nothing is going to make sense right. through your lens, right? Right. It'd be like putting a lens on a camera that didn't fit and like the images were blurry. You know, you exactly. have to have the right lens to see the picture of the way that um, the way the other person sees it. But um, yeah, thank you for sharing yeah, that. No problem. Um, we have only a little bit of time left. Okay. But in our last few minutes, it's Christmas time. <laughs> it is. Um, I want to hear what's the holidays like for you with all these different identities. Uh, do you have traditions? Is there mm. is there food that you enjoy that's from different cultures? Like, tell me, give me like a, a rundown. A of that. quick rundown. Okay, yeah, yeah. so holidays are like my favorite. Mm. I mean, I get to see my family all the time, anyways, because mm-hmm. uh, I have four aunts and uncles and cousins here. But like holidays is just special, mm. you know. Um, I think uh, just growing up in a in a house that my mom was like very spiritually grounded Hmm. and i didn't kind of connect my fate or really just like identify who i was in christ until i graduated college Hmm. um 
but she always just like instilled the reason for the season, you right. know, which is Christ. And I think now it's really weird that we want to take Christ out yeah. of yeah. of the season. Um, but yeah. some traditional things hmm. that we eat. So interestingly enough, night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, probably my favorite, most one of my favorite nights of the year. Hmm. Um is when it's just tradition. That's the night that we clean the house, okay. top to bottom. There we go. Winter <laughs> like, cleaning. Yeah, some time for Santa. <laughs> like clean the house, top to bottom. Literally put up the tree. You know, wow. like for for here, I feel like everybody's trees are up like after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, for like Thanksgiving afternoon. There's a tree. That's in this a tree room right, right now. now. <laughs> Elizabeth it's not a thing. Up. Not a thing in Guyana. Literally, you're cleaning Christmas Eve night, wow. like into the morning sometimes, and then. When you're cleaning, mom is making homemade bread. Ooh, oh, the smell of homemade bread. Mm. And we make this thing called pepper pot. Okay. Um, so it is a, hard to explain probably on mic, big pot of um, almost like a very liquidy stew. Okay. With yeah. like um, cow eel, oxtail, beef. Okay. You know, and it's it's black. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a black pot of it's stew. It's a black pot of stew, but it is so good. I got to bring y'all some when my mom make it. That'd and crazy enough, we only make it around Christmas time. Okay. Yeah. Christmas time or like major holidays, but it's mm. normally made for Christmas. So you're like waiting all year for this one mm. dish. Yeah. And you eat it with bread. So the bread that she makes freshly, bake mm. it, you dip it in and, you, and you eat. Or you, if you want to eat it during lunchtime, you uh-huh. put it on rice, Ooh. and you can eat it that way too. That um, and balloons, mm. I feel like people normally use balloons yeah. for hot, uh, birthdays. Of course, not in Guyana. So <laughs> in Guyana, <laughs> while mom was baking and making pepper pot, another big tradition is she makes something called black cake. Okay, and which you guys would probably call a rum cake. Uh-huh. Um, so. It's like it's black. It looks black. It's a black cake, right. <laughs> and then literally mm. it's baked, and then she just continues to soak it in rum mm-hmm. for like every day. She'll just pour rum on it, and it just soaks into the cake. Wow. So good. Wow. Um, while she's baking and doing all this stuff, like me and my sister and my brother, we were blowing balloons. That's like a, a tradition. We blow okay. balloons the night before. Okay. And they're like all just like laying everywhere on the floor. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it's just been like a celebratory. You've always done it. <laughs> We've always You're gonna done continue it. To do right? it? We've always done it. Um. So balloons are are awesome for all seasons hmm. and all holidays. That's awesome. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. That's cool. That that that's kind of Christmas. Does Santa, the tradition of Santa, make it to the Guyana, or is it kind of just is that as an American thing? Like I no. I don't know a ton about that. Actually. We we do Santa. Santa uh-huh. is um uh in in Guyana. Okay. We, we don't have sleds, though. Right. There's no snow. Yeah, there's no snow. <laughs> like the North Pole is a foreign <laughs> land, you know, with all this Crazy. stuff called snow. I guess just thinking back, I'm like, wait, how did Santa get to America? <laughs> right. I mean, how did Santa get to us? I don't yeah. know. He got um, a surfboard. Yeah, yeah, weird. Something, but yeah. Santa was like was a thing. Um, okay. and just like thinking back, I feel like now uh christmas is so like it's about consumerism Mm -hmm. and just thinking back to like humble days in guyana Mm -hmm. christmas was like about family you know and about just like really celebrating the birth of jesus Mm -hmm. and really just like loving on that um I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Caribbean, but a lot of Caribbean places are just like really spiritual countries, Mm. you know, because and it might be due to lack of resources, lack of cable, lack of, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. 
Um, so like their main source of power mm. is really just like relying on who Christ is. Yeah. And the church and, and the church. Yeah. Yeah. So like Christmas, it was just like, ah, Jesus is born, you know? And there's just like a celebration around that. Okay. Um, cool. so it's, it's, it's interesting to see the two worlds. Cause here it's like, they want to take Christ out of Christmas, yeah. you know, they're Christmas now, trees, you know, yeah, and there's lights <laughs> yeah, and like so. gifts and it's all loosely connected to mm-hmm. this idea of like jesus coming yeah. but we're not even sure if he was actually born on december right, 25th right. you know like it's there's a lot of like interesting roots we could dive into another time yeah. but but yeah you're so. right like in america it's first and foremost like i would say it is still family centric but there's a very big consumerist part of it you mm-hmm. know the gift giving culture the the presence culture or santa coming to coming and delivering <laughs> gifts if you're good think about right. teaching we teach yes. that to children like totally <laughs> opposite of the god of grace right. and the god of the bible right like right. if you're bad you're gonna get coal like no kid yeah. has ever seen coal they just know that it's this terrible is true. you know anyway um, that's well, another another topic yeah but. well one good thing now that we do is so on christmas morning because i have so much family here mm-hmm. We'll do breakfast in our home, our own homes. Nice. So everybody will normally make a pot of pepper pot, uh-huh. and that's breakfast the next morning. So pepper pot and homemade bread. Cool. And then we'll just kind of like gather and just kind of mm. hang out as a family. And then evening we'll do dinner all together mm. um, at one that's house awesome. um, and that's just awesome. like eat our favorite things. You know the cool. roast and the macaroni. Gotta have macaroni. Man, <laughs> so hey, it's only like a week away or a little it over is, a week away. It is. Yeah. It's going to um, be different though. I'm going out of town. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where are you going? We're going to London for Christmas. <gasps> you told me that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So That'll it be, really be exciting fun. and different. Yeah. That'll be cool. New perspective. Another new perspective. Coming soon podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Ro, we are uh, we are out of time, but this was so fun. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you for, for sharing your me. story, being open with us, yeah. and, and sharing some of the um, really great things about being multicultural, but some of the hard things too. Um, yeah. I think. I really enjoy your perspective and, and think you're uh, an awesome friend. So yeah. thanks, thanks for coming Will. on. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Elizabeth. Y'all are great. Love you. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Another podcast in the books. Woo! Hello, my fiance. <laughs> Hello, fiance. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Um, Wait, to our... quick, quick fact. Did oh. you know that what? the male form of fiance, we learned this today, Ooh. has one e with a with a apostrophe over it or whatever Beyonce. you call it but then the female form has two e's with one thing over i think the first e i'm not right. you have to fact check that but we spelled it wrong today that's in right. a in a social media post and now we know so that's right that's right you, you learn something new every day in the look closer podcast there's a masculine and a feminine but <laughs> i guess it's just all one now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are grateful you got to listen to today's podcast with Ro. We had a really awesome conversation. It was great. Um, really hope you enjoyed it. And uh, that's all we got. So, Elizabeth, can you tell our listeners how they can stay more connected with the podcast? Sure thing. Well, so we are very much on social media, trying to increase our presence and get more people involved through that because it's a really easy way to, you know, get on people's phones and their screens and help them understand what's going on and get updates. So if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at LookCloserPod, you can direct message us if you want to say anything, have any feedback, you know, just want to give us a shout out, any anything you want. Um, we love connecting with people on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you want to find more podcast episodes, you can go to LookCloserPodcast.com, which will shoot you right to our SoundCloud account or you can go on Apple Podcasts and just search the Look Closer Podcast and 
that's about it yeah we're, and we're please great. leave a rating right please. we would we love to hear feedback we love to know what we're doing well what, what we can do better exactly um, so we love your participation so feel free to message us if if, if you like it and and share it if, if you thought it was great content so Heck yeah and we're going to end with a special christmas calypso experience and we hope you enjoy it that's right well hope you have a great week and we will see you next week bye everyone bye.